Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So welcome everyone again. Um, we've been having guided meditations, but this one was a nice change. Um, enjoying everybody's virtual backgrounds. <laughs> They're lovely. So, um, it would be nice if we could all go around and say our names, but it's much harder on Zoom. So, we won't do that today. Um, so, I wrote this talk a couple of weeks ago and I thought it would be a good one to share today. And um, I don't see Sue, Sue is a little part of this talk. So a few weeks ago, it's about a Monday um, and I was working from home <clears throat> doing uh, tele, therapy or virtual video therapy. And um, I think it was a day the Supreme Court, the new justice got appointed and it wasn't a pick that I wanted and I'm being bipartisan, but telling the truth on that. Um, and uh, Somehow I started to see on the computer that there were fires going on in Orange County, in South Orange County, in the area of Irvine and Tustin. And then I began to see on my computer feed and in social media that uh, colleagues of mine were ordered to evacuate their home or a number of them evacuating. And then um, I got a notice that medical centers in that area were closing and evacuating. And then I was calling families in that area and they were also evacuating. And I think Jane could um, attest to the fact that the air became very smoky, more than I've ever seen before in this area. So in that moment, what I, noticed was uh, the mind and body, you know, you look in and mindfulness, pause for that moment and notice what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind, your thought, your emotion, what's happening in here? What is the reaction to this moment? And I was really in a moment of absolute rejection uh, of that moment, which is understandable and normal. I don't really feel like having another fire in Southern California right now. Um, I don't want the smoke and I don't want people evacuating, you know, and I, I don't want the Supreme Court and I just don't and I don't. And I noticed the inner experience of that was um, the, the, what is the inner experience of rejection when you say no, when I don't want what's happening now, when I'm not with what's happening, I'm, I'm against. And for me, 
what I noticed was uh, my nervous system was just going offline into a kind of freeze, which is also normal under circumstances where you don't know what's going on and things seem chaotic. Uh, and I was just kind of sitting there very quietly noticing uh, the rejection of this moment. No, I don't want smoke. No, I don't want, all very, very normal. And the emotions that were going with it. And I got an email from Sue at that moment. And she was like, oh, you know, um, did you go on the Monday night Dharma talk? You know, there was a Dharma talk that Jack gave. And, and in that moment, um, I phoned her and I said, you know, it's just so great to have a Dharma friend in a moment to wake up, like to get that bell, like, where are you now? What's happening? What's happening now? And um, a lot of mindfulness is not about having the moments we want, as you noticed recently, but our relationship to the moment that we're having. Our relationship to the moment that we're having. And the awareness can be um, from the gross to the subtle. And I'll explain that a little bit more. So we talked for a little bit and then um, I decided to listen to a Dharma talk or two just to kind of come back and ground a little and sense and feel into what is happening now. And um, I found a really lovely talk by um, a man by the name of Bhante Buddha Rakita. And he is the uh, founder and abbot of the Uganda, Uganda Buddhist Center. And he starts to tell this story. And I think this illustrates a bit of what I'm trying to point to. He had come to the US from Uganda uh, to Spirit Rock to teach the two month retreat. <clears throat> And uh, it's a big deal to sit and teach at a two-month retreat. You wait your whole life for an opportunity like that. Uh, it's very special. It takes a lot of planning. And one month into the retreat, they had to end the retreat because of the uh, pandemic. And they were told there was a pandemic. I cannot imagine sitting for a month and then being told there's a pandemic. You all have to leave and go home, right? But this is what happened to him. And so he had to figure out a way to get back to Uganda in like a day, which wasn't so easy at the early stages of the pandemic. There's a lot of confusion in the airport and difficulty with ticketing and this kind of thing. On top of it, he's a monk and there's all sorts of rules and ways of, of handling money and food. And he got back to Uganda and he thought, um, they told him he needed to, um, to quarantine for 14 days coming from a foreign country and a, a foreign country with a lot of virus, right? And so he couldn't stay at the monastery. He was not permitted to stay. And he had to get a driver and go, he thought he'd go out to the countryside and go to a hotel in the countryside. And he did. And when he got to this hotel, the lockdown in his country started and they closed the hotel. And then they said in Uganda, no driving, you can't drive anywhere. So he couldn't use his car. And he literally had a moment 
where he was, I'm going to be homeless, quarantining homeless with nowhere to go. And I don't know how I'm going to eat. I don't know where I'm going to shelter. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And he began to feel all this stress and anxiety, um, tension, fear. And um, his mood got worse and worse. And his, his uh, fear and anger and anxiety got worse and worse. And he had that moment, you know, the moment we all practice for, that moment of mindfulness where there was a pause in there. Right. And the question arose, what is my relationship to this moment? What is my relationship to this moment? And he writes, meditation is not about the content of our lives. It's about how we relate to our daily experience, whatever they may be. Meditation is about waking up and seeing clearly how we are doing what we are doing and why we are doing it. Meditation is a reality check. So his question became, how can I meet this moment um, using the Buddhist teaching? How can I meet this moment using the Buddhist teachings? And what occurred to him is his own personal relationship in this moment to the four noble truths, right? Suffering exists. There is suffering. There is stress. There is a way out of that stress and suffering uh, by understanding our nature of grasping and clinging, right? Um, so he looked at that. And he said, um, the first thing that he did was he acknowledged that there was fear, anxiety, and grief. He wanted to be um, in his monastery, um, in his Buddhist center with everyone, and he couldn't be. And um, he really felt the stress in his body, and he, he felt what was arising in the present moment, and then began um, to look at the fact that this suffering that he was experiencing was a universal suffering all over the world, everyone, all over the world, many more than others were struggling with the pandemic and the virus, and that he was one among many, and that the acceptance that suffering is universal and not personal was the first step for him to release some of this pain, to just know that suffering is, doesn't have a name. It's global and universal and it reaches all of us. And he thought about the Buddhist story of the mustard seed where um, so, someone had uh, lost a child, which is a horribly difficult thing and went to the Buddha and um, wanted help around this loss, this suffering. Um, and the Buddha said, take this mustard seed and go around and when you find a family that doesn't have the mustard seed, and I may not be telling the story just right, um, come back. But the point of this story was that 
um, she could not find a family without mustard seed. In other words, you can't find a family that isn't touched by some form of suffering. It's a condition of our lives. And what is our relationship to it? How do we understand it? So um, once he realized that he could accept the suffering that he was in in the moment, the stress that he was in and the anxiety, um, and he was not grasping or clinging at having it different in any other way. He's not trying to change it. And he said, well, what do we usually do when we're, we have a difficult moment, when we have this suffering? Very often what we do is uh, we reject, we push away, we, you know, we disassociate, we don't, you know, we just leave our bodies or we try to run from it. Or we are going into some kind of personal rejection of, um, of shame and beating ourselves up. What did we do wrong? How did we create the situation? How we're inadequate in some way? Or how did we contribute? Or we should have known better. And he went through that. Why did I take a car into the country <laughs> to, to, you know, to uh, isolate for 14 days? Um, and then um, we, so we ignore, we beat ourselves up or we reject. These are very common things. And think about this morning. Think about how much you might have rejected this morning, right? We wake up sometimes rejecting um, and the rejecting is pervasive. And it could be tiny and subtle. Right, I, I don't like the temperature of my coffee. Um, I wanted to sleep more. I don't like what so-and-so said to me. You know, there's a pattern of rejecting and very often we're um, not noticing the relationship to the rejecting so that we're lost in it. And um, he said, when he could let go of his clinging and attachment, right? When he could let go of this moment being any way different than what it was, he could get into calm and ease. He can get into tranquility to some degree and he could just allow himself to be. And once he was able to do that, um, he could then problem solve effectively. He could then figure out what the next right thing to do and the next right thing to do. And eventually he got the government to allow him to drive a car, to get into a car and uh, find his way from there. Um, but I really loved in his story how he um, illustrated that moment of how we meet dukkha, how we meet the difficult, the frustrating, the things we don't want. And if we have that awakefulness, that wakefulness to stop, to see it, to see the reactivity that we're doing, which in fact is quite human. Reactivity, rejecting, disassociating, pushing away, going into denial, not wanting it, 
telling a story. All of it is very human. And I don't really see it as being negative or wrong. I see it as being human. This is the way uh, we are conditioned. This is the way we've kind of been taught. And uh, even on a level of what's happening politically in our country, we can, we're all learning how rejecting we are of each other and how hard it is to um, hear another's point of view if we are holding on to something very tightly, our view. So, so what is the relationship to a mind and body that says no to the present moment on any level? What is the relationship to um, our story making around it? To our agreement that it shouldn't be the way that it is? And what happens as a result of that is more suffering and stress, grasping and clinging. And why is it important to look at? So let's look at that. Um, why is this so important? To really understand and know and see from the subtle levels to the, um, to the gross, from the subtle to the gross. And some of the difficulty really is with this, um, doing a lot of sitting the last couple of months, it's been great to have all of these online retreats that are so easy to attend. Uh, and right in the home, and the home becomes a meditation center. I really recommend this. So I've been sitting a lot of these retreats and one retreat was really a long retreat that we sat. We did a week in total silence and then had a modified retreat for two months and it was really wonderful. But one of the things I really noticed having two months to practice with the community was this, um, this point where the mind wasn't talking so much. It wasn't having as many opinions. It wasn't having as many stories. Uh, wasn't so caught up in the like and the dislike, the Vedana. And as a result, there was just more stillness, more quiet, more peace from moment to moment. And that quality of stillness, quiet, peace is absolutely, um, leading to a calm and an ease and an equanimity all on its own. So when we're rejecting, when we're chattering, when we're talking to ourselves and telling stories, um, one, we need a lot of compassion because this is the nature of the way things are. We're humans and we have emotions, right? We're human, we have emotion. Uh, our nervous system can go into fight, flight or freeze or overwhelm very, very easily. 
um, we project a lot in the future and cling to security. So we need a lot of compassion and we have to lean into self-compassion and compassion for others to nourish this path and to nourish our work and our awareness. So we can really trade in the judgment for a lot of self-compassion. But as we can unhook from the uh, rejecting, the accepting and rejecting, as we can unhook and soften into ease, we, began to, we begin to see what in Buddhism, we, what is known or called the unconditioned, right? What's unconditioned, what's always here. And that's the beauty of awareness, unconditioned awareness, that which does not change. Awareness can hold it all and exist in a beautiful, loving, kind spaciousness. This radiant spaciousness of being. And that's what we kind of miss if we're caught in the rejecting and accepting cycle. That's what we're caught in. So we miss the beautiful space of the unconditioned, the open awareness. This non-judgmental, loving, kind, open awareness that naturally leads to equanimity and wisdom. And I don't know about you, but it's not a state that is consistent and 100% and that I can say I dwell in and it's just all easy. It comes and it goes. But that the, it's not the interest of whether it comes and goes, it, how long it's here. It's the interest is in the cultivation of the practice that leans into um, these beautiful states of mind that are natural and are our birthright. And I don't remember who it was to say that if enlightenment is an accident, it helps to be accident prone. So it helps to practice. It helps to cultivate that mindful moment of pausing. And if we're caught in rejection and, and look, these are hard times. It's very likely we are. Uh, from environmental issues to the pandemic, to economic issues, to government issues, to family issues. We've got it all. These are tough times. This is where the loving kindness and compassion comes in for exactly, we don't reject the state we're in. We don't reject it. I, it, I have wanted to throw a temper tantrum, believe you me, in this last week. I have wanted to throw a temper tantrum. But what would life be like if we didn't reject wanting to throw a temper tantrum? Wanting to throw, wanting to, um, instead of wanting to push away a strong emotion, to embrace it, to allow grief to be grief, sad to be sad, anger to be anger. Even the wanting mind to be wanting. Oh, that's a wanting mind. It wants it different. They don't even reject the parts of us that we don't like. 
or we don't want. And then hopefully we can practice enough to not reject the parts of others that we don't like or want. And I think the retreat uh, for a couple of months has really um, deepened my faith in living in a world filled with metta, loving kindness, karuna, compassion, mindfulness, wakefulness, and concentration, all of those beautiful factors coming in. So that, you know, you can kind of dwell in a mind and body that has more ease. So what I'd like to do um, is um, have some dialogue. And one of the things that I'd like to uh, have you look at and we'll do the breakout rooms. Now, some of you don't like the breakout rooms and you can stay and sit or stay in the main room. And what I, if you're going into the breakout room, what I'd like you to look at is um, let yourself kind of close your eyes with, with your partners, sense and feel your body, take a couple of breaths. And the question is, what is the impact of rejection? in your life, what are you rejecting? And how does that feel in the mind and the body? And what happens when you're aware of it now? Like for instance, I was hearing some creepy noises while I was talking <laughs> and I noticed, oh, I'm rejected. I don't want any noise in the house when I'm home alone, right? You know, uh, but what is the impact when you know you're rejecting it? And how is it if you allow it to just be where it is? And very often notice if there's a rejection of you rejecting something, right? Is there a rejection of you rejecting something? Are we rejecting ourselves? It's such a strong habit for a Western mind. And what is the impact of that? And is this something that could be released? As the Buddha said, that we can release our dukkha, we can release the suffering, we can let it go. So that's where I'd like your dialogue to go to. So who would like to share? I will mute myself. Please share while I um, recover the dog here. Uh, about this, you know, I, and I, I was... What came up for me was the difference between rejection and denial. Are they the same thing, you think? What, what do you guys think about that? Anyway. I feel, Joe, like maybe rejection is a form of denial, right? Like if I just reject, you know, like you tell me something and I'm like, Joe, that's not true then I feel like that's the step before, like, but I feel like that's a form of denial. Like if you tell me, you know, like Margaret, the sky is purple. And I'm like, Joe, that's not true. I'm discounting you and what you're saying. And then that, I don't even have to consider whether or not the sky is purple, do I? Well, no, but you shouldn't, right? <laughs> the sky is not purple, right? I mean, it's, 
I don't know. You don't live next door to me. It could be purple. I haven't put my head out the window yet, but maybe it's sunset. Yeah. See, but anyway, so I feel they're related. Are they a hundred percent different? I don't know. Let's hear what other people say. I think that denial has an element of, uh, uh, subconsciousness to it. Maybe you're really not aware, um, where if you're rejecting something, you know, but you are pushing it away. So I kind of see that as being a possibility. Yeah. Maybe like a spectrum of sorts. With so rejection really might be knowledge-based and denial is just putting your head in the, in the sand. I think rejection might be the bigger the bigger bucket and denial to me has an element of uh, the truth conflicts with one of your beliefs. So maybe you can't see it. Um, maybe somebody needs either points it out to you or maybe you won't be able to see it. I was thinking the same thing about dissociation. Like what? How does that relate to rejection? You know, I have a tendency to completely dissociate. And I feel like that's more extreme version because not only will I not think it, I won't feel it either. It's like huge wall. Block. <laughs> Blockade. That sounds very helpful. You know, well, sometimes I think it is. It's, it's gotten me through a lot of things. But... Sadly, they're still there. <laughs> Those things are just deep down inside me, you know. And, you know, that's what going back to what we were talking about with Rick there, that um, the Dharma and the practice of mindfulness is not a short sprint. It's a long haul because very often we're coming into the Dharma with um with some form of trauma history, whether it's big shock trauma or small trauma or developmental trauma. And um, for all of you who have been sitting a long time, you would agree that you're learning something new about yourself that you did not know, or you're seeing aspects of yourself that you never really saw clearly, or you have memories or you feel these holes or these losses much more deeply. It's the meditation brings us way more in touch with our conditioning. And again, we have a nervous system that will go offline into fight, flight, or freeze. And depending upon our biology and our family history and our trauma history, some of us will really experience that denial as in, oh, I left my body, or I can't think and I'm not thinking. I can't get into reasoning um, or I'm just reacting and I don't know why. Um, so this is where we need a great deal of compassion and loving kindness and to stay in the practice. And sometimes uh, compassion and loving kindness comes in the way of trauma work and therapy uh, and body work and you know other things that support. But the path itself is a great healer as well. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, note that Joe brought up in our group was that whether denial or rejection or dissociation, that sometimes there's an element of not wanting to have to take responsibility or to take action 
about whatever the issue or the situation. So whether that's, you know, a conscious thing or not, it's, you know, sometimes that could be, you know, part of the picture that it's very scary to have to look at something in acceptance and then maybe have to do something about it. So, so we, he brought that up in the group and uh, just for, for me personally, I have been noticing for sure the times that I'm able to um, let go of the rejection of whatever it is I'm rejecting that's happening and kind of settle into to, to the, the um, yielding place. I do find more insights, not always, but I, they're coming. I, I'm able to get more clarity about the guidance, what, what to do, you know, is there action to take? So it, it, it is, there is more space for that, I find. Thank you. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so oh, mindful awareness can be just also around noticing the pushing away and the various flavors of pushing away and the rejecting and to bring in compassion and kindness to sit with it and allow it to be so it can unpack and lead us to ways of dealing with what's going on in a more skillful, helpful manner. One that brings more wisdom and more awareness. And it's not always so easy to do. It's a long, long journey. Yeah, it's a long path. So it's been great to sit with all of you today. And thank you for listening and um, diving into this topic. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.